My sheep hear my voice. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. We ponder today in the title of Christ as the Good Shepherd. He is truly the one who has come down to these valleys of this world to call us by name, to guide us, and to sort of whistle us along the way of eternal life, giving direction to our lives. Jesus is the Good Shepherd. And how does the Lord continue his ministry as Good Shepherd today? Reaching out to all those, who, those sheep who, like you and me, many times go astray. One of the prophecies from Jeremiah in the Old Testament said, I will give you shepherds according to my heart, says the Lord. And Jesus, of course, is the fulfillment of that promise. He is the true shepherd in accord with the Father's heart. But we know also that he instituted shepherds to continue his ministry of salvation on this earth. The twelve were the first, but they also ordained others by power given by Christ. And so the ministry of the Good Shepherd reaches all the way to us through these appointed shepherds ordained by that power of Christ. And I think we could say that the question rises almost immediately. How can we speak about good shepherds after all the news that we've heard this last year when some of the shepherds seem to look more like wolves? It's not my intention to go into that right now in this night. But since we celebrate today the Good Shepherd Sunday, since we pray for vocations to the priesthood, it does need to be mentioned. We find ourselves, whether we like it or not, in a time of confusion. Not only confusion in the world, which has always been the case to some extent at every single point in history, many values that were not in accord with the values of the gospel. But more importantly today, confusion within the church. And in times like this, the great shepherd renews the church by the renewal of its leadership. In times like this, we need heroes. Kierkegaard, whom we cited last week speaking about admirers and followers, he also says that there are some special times in history where there are two, only two possible characters, the hero and the poet. The hero is the one who is willing to take on great responsibilities, to do great things, to embark on great adventures. 
And in his own words, he says about the hero, if anyone on that verge of action should judge himself according to the outcome, he would never begin. Even though the result may gladden the whole world, that cannot help the hero. For he knows the result only when the whole thing is over. And that is not how he became a hero, but by virtue of the fact that he began. Heroes are those who are willing to go into the unknown, into adventures, to do great things in times of confusion. And the poet, on the other hand, is the one who maybe doesn't do great things, but they are the ones who write the praises of the great heroes. And I should say tonight that we are in a great lack of poets because we are lacking heroes. So as we continue to strive for renewal, let us try tonight to take on that responsibility upon our own shoulders. This is our time. And providentially, we were born into this time. We are it. There's no plan B. We ought to be heroes, or we will be missing the opportunity of a lifetime. That's what the saints were. They were heroes in their own times, in their own times of confusion. And let me tell you that God can do more with one hero than with a hundred selfish people. There's that story of St. Francis de Sales. He was first a priest and then a bishop in France. And he became a missionary to all the area that is now Geneva. And in that whole area, the, almost the whole population had become Calvinist. And so he went as a missionary to, you know, preach the good news to them so that they may come back into the church and into the fullness of communion with the fullness of the truth. And so he went as a missionary with his cousin. So the two of them, they went to evangelize. And it was very tough really, really tough. They wouldn't receive them in the towns. They wouldn't open the doors to them. In some towns, they say that they even stoned them out of the town. They had no place where to sleep. His friend, his cousin, he only endured a month, and then he went back to France. And Francis de Sales, he stayed, and he said, I ought to be a hero. I want to be a hero to these people. And so every night he would spend writing sermons, copies of his sermons, because nobody would listen to him. And so he would write them, you know, many, many copies and slide them under the doors at night. He would have to sleep on a tree outside of the towns and he would rope himself, he would tie himself to the, to the branches so that he wouldn't fall in danger of wolves and other beasts at night. And then he started organizing games for children. He said, I will win the, the hearts of the children, and then I will enter into the hearts of the adults. And so people started trusting him because they saw his joy and how he treated the children. 
and then he would give his sermons to the children to bring home too. They say that when Francis went back to France, France, 30,000 people had become Catholics. 30,000 people. Can you picture that? Half of Corvallis. 30,000 people he converted. Of course, by the grace and power of God. That's what a hero does. A hero can transform, affect those around them. So if we start seeing more Christian heroes in the church today, we will see more shepherd heroes and more holiness in the whole church. So let me share with you how can we shape the heart of a hero in three steps. So you're not seeing all this, huh? It's okay, you have to listen today. Pay attention. So three steps to shaping the heart of a hero in this week. In the first place, be a poet of the greatest hero of all time. We need to become poets first of that great hero who is Jesus Christ. Read his life in the Gospels. Learn to love him, to ponder his life. His face is the most beautiful face that there is. Contemplate him. Maybe devote some time to adoration. Pray more. Be with him. Enter in communion with his heart. Use this Easter season to be in a deeper intimacy with him. He stands higher than anyone. And as we contemplate him as the greatest hero of all time, you will see that you become a poet and you get to know how to be a hero in this life. The second step is find your message in life. We need to find our message in life. Each one of us has a message that we communicate. What is the message that you proclaim with your own life? As Francis proclaimed poverty, as Paul proclaimed redemption and Vincent charity and Benedict silence. What is your message? What is that thing that you proclaim with words and without words all the time? It's probably related to our own experience of what Christ has done in our lives. I realized that what captivated me from the beginning is that there is an eternal life that heaven is worth selling everything, that there's nothing better than that, and that holiness is the best way to live this life. That's what captivated me from the beginning. Things of this world seem to be too small for what Christ promised. And so I want to proclaim that with my life and with my words and with everything. What is your message? What is it the message that you proclaim with everything that you are? Find your message. And in the third place, live selflessly. Start thinking of others first, and you will never find yourself in distress. No hero ever put themselves first, beginning with Christ. He's the one who lays down his life for the sheep. So if there's a common denominator to all heroes, is that they were all self-sacrificing, self-giving, and not selfless. 
selfish. So I want to propose today that we resolve to really run after that desire of being heroes because that's what we need. Not just a common Christian, not just someone who gets by. Heroes or nothing. That's what the world has come to right now because of the situation of the church and the world and we see it. We need heroic people. We need heroic Christians. So as we are praying for vocations today, I invite you to pray during this whole week for, for priests and consecrated people in three ways. Pray for a priest whom you know. Pray for a priest who you do not know may be needing your prayers. And pray for a future priest so we can pray for vocations in a, different way, in a different way this week. Pray for a priest whom you know, someone, a priest that you know, that you care for, pray for them. In the second place, a priest that you don't know, maybe a priest who might be struggling somewhere in the world, a priest that needs prayers, pray for them. You will never know the result of those prayers, only in heaven. And then pray for a future priest. You'll see the power of prayer. Heroes or nothing. This is the time for our great investment. Among the heroic sheep, the Lord calls some to become shepherd heroes. We need heroes in the church, men and women who are willing to walk after the footsteps of the great hero.